You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Kids should go to school. That's what we're committed to. I haven't flip-flopped. I said no originally, then I said yes, then I have said no and I've stuck to it. I didn't need to do this. I've already done a lot of war for the election. The English fought a civil war over this matter, over this matter. Don't deal with the nuance of the Canberra bubble. I don't know what to do with it. We have so much money. What we want is more learning in schools and less activism in schools. Issues that perhaps may be controversial today, but 30 years from now, your children, your grandchildren are going to be thankful that you stood up for what it was right. Represent. 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 You're listening to Represent. You are listening to Represent. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Freddie and Bridie today again. We Back miss you, Naya. She's still in Canada. Actually, I think, I think she's, she's in, in America LA. now. Yeah. She was at Jennifer Aniston's Hollywood Star yes, I did see that. today. <laughs> but yeah, she's all over the place. Good on her. I hope she's listening to us. Yeah, she better be. Where, where, no where's she at? <laughs> Naya calling. Text us, Naya. <laughs> Naya, please text us. Um, yeah, it's been a big week. And it's been a big weekend. It certainly has. What for, was your oh, weekend? <laughs> my weekend was great, apart uh-huh. from some events I can't talk about on air. Oh. <laughs> um, Media Law, I saw that Blue Beetle movie with my mates. What? What Blue yeah, Beetle movie? It's like the new DC superhero movie. I have not heard anything about this. Yeah, no, there's a reason. It's oh. very average. It's just like... I saw I saw a comment where it's just oh, it's like actually called Blue Beetle. Yeah, it's actually called Blue Beetle. It's a superhero no one has ever heard of. Yep, um, that's true. And I saw a comment online about it, and it was like in the pantheon of superhero movies, this is one of them. What? <laughs> like the pantheon? Like the French pantheon? Like I'd, the good? I think things? it just means like in like the sort of like heaps of superhero movies that are out. This is just one of them that are oh, out. Oh, yeah. see, when I hear pantheon, I'm. Like, the French Pantheon is where they bury the cool people. Like, well, the people that they like, like Victor Hugo. and I didn't know that. <laughs> so when someone says that. a Pantheon or something, I thought that meant, like, the good stuff, the like, real deal, the Oh, maybe that's, maybe that's what they meant. I just sort of read it as there's a lot of superhero movies and this is just kind of another one. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, either way, it was, like, really boring and, like, maybe, like, stream it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. What did you do this weekend, Bridie? Um, well, I've got some family friends down from Brisbane, so I've been hanging out with them. Fun. Um, so that's been really good. We've been watching footy. Exciting. Um, I don't go for the pies, but I will be on Saturday. Yeah, Even that's though, the team. Yeah, that's the team. What about you? Who are you going to go for? Probably the Pies as well, just because Good. no Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No offence to the Brisbane people, but, like, i got to support the Pies. Yeah. I went to an ACF, like, counting platypus at the Yarra thing, which um, is super random. My dad's really into bush region, like, oh, okay. weeding and saving the environment one person at a time i can so anyway, see so that from his your friends dad. were doing this thing and so we went along and
and sat by the river and did not see any platypus. Oh, um, so, so good. rest in peace, platypus of the era. Platypi Where's Perry the, the platypus at? I know. Yeah. And then we also went on one of those like boat cruises on the Yarra on Sunday morning. Oh, how was it? Fine. Do you recommend? Because I've kind of always wanted to go on one. I of those. recommend maybe representation of boat cruise. I recommend going on an open one that like has seats outside because obviously oh, you want to okay. sit outside, but this one all the seats were inside and there was only a small space out the back where you could you had to stand and like that's not my vibe. I feel like especially during summer, it's so well exactly. sort of summer. It's so nice right now. It was so beautiful, but I didn't want to stand up all the time. Yeah, fair enough. But maybe I'm just a lazy bum, and that's well, not a problem for other people. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I'd do the same. I feel like we need to go on a, on a Yarra cruise now. Maybe we should. Maybe that should be our end-of-year reward for being great hosts. Being really good at representing <laughs> Yes, yeah, slaying represent. <laughs> Live, laugh, loving represent. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Sin. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, well, I guess, you know, some people this week have some been cruising off into the sunset. They really love represent. They, they love represent. The it's, opposite of done us dirty. They've done us clean. I feel like... They've done us a solid. It's nice to know that even though Dan Andrews has not responded to a single one of our emails that Multiple we've sent him emails. this year, it's nice to know that he is looking out for us by announcing his resignation this week. Just about... Today, sorry. Yeah, four hours before the show. Four no, three hours. and a half. Crazy. Well, when did you... Well, so, Naya sent the message, actually. Naya was Naya the first one on My cousin it. actually beat Naya to it and oh, sent okay. a screenshot of Casey Briggs's tweet. And then I said, ha, 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 the smoking pictures have got him. <laughs> no one else thought that was quite as funny as I did. But, you did say um, that in our group chat then again as yeah, well. Yeah, because I thought it was funny. It is funny. I like it. Um, Happened at one thirty today around about. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Humongous news. Humongous. What am I talking? That's very professional of me. <laughs> um, news in Victoria. He's the longest serving Premier ever. He's in Victoria? In Victoria. Or do well, we, I don't in know. The country? International. Uh, interstate. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> out of all the premiers in the world. <laughs> but yeah, this was so unexpected. Our team of represent journalists. He's <laughs> just doing some, <laughs> some research. But um, th this was so unexpected, I well, feel see, like. I feel like it wasn't. I feel you like did say this, yeah. It was kind of a long time coming. Maybe that's an unpopular yeah. opinion, but I feel like since COVID finished, like obviously it's there's still COVID around and you know, etc. Um, but since the real lockdowns finished, I feel like his days have been numbered, to be honest. Um I don't think that he could have lasted until the next election. I think he would personally, like as a person, be jaded and exhausted because I definitely would. Fair enough. But also we've just established that I'm a bum, so that's probably doesn't have I think a we huge amount. I think we both are. So I think we both know that we could not be Premier of Victoria. No. But um, we'll give it a go. I, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that sentence. But <laughs> it's been a big day. Okay. He he's served more than three thousand days as Premier, so he gets a statue outside one Treasury place. Became the longest-serving Labor Premier in Victoria's history in April, overtaking John Kane Jr. Um, I can't see who... Let me just Google longest... Longest Premier in Australia. Premier Oz. So... So Robert Menzies. Robert Menzies. No, 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 that's Wait, Prime Minister. No, yeah, what? <laughs> um, it is Daniel Andrews. Current heads of government. Daniel Andrews. Wow. Eight years, 296 days. 
and then I thought it would have been over. I thought he no, would have been okay. over three years. So Thomas now. Playford, who was a South Australian premier, was um, in office for twenty six years, one hundred and twenty five days. In office as in premier. Yes. Okay. Wow. And Joe Bjorki Peterson was in for almost twenty years. Jesus. No, okay, he's very much not the longest serving premier. Okay, ever. yeah, we're never but, mind. Um, so yeah, we take it back. How? Sorry, everyone. Who are the COVID era premiers that are still around? Because we've Anastasia lost a Palaszczuk. lot. Anastasia, the She's South Australian one. Um, no, Peter not Malinowskis is gone. now. He's in now. But okay. it was oh God, what was his name? He had the glasses, really round face. I'm I can at picture it. him. I, oh, let me see if I can get it before Stephen, you get it. Stephen, someone. I'm not googling it. Um, it was Stephen, oh, someone. I swear I, to God. I can't find it. So cast. <laughs> Premier. This is really great radio. <laughs> yeah, this is represent Google's thing. Stephen Marshall. Stephen Marshall. There we go. So, what about Tazzy? No, oh, yeah, Taz. No, 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 no. They ha- no, they, they've had a change of premier, change. not a change of party. So Anastasia Palaszczuk. Anastasia Palaszczuk, Dan Andrews, Mark McGowan's well, quit. <laughs> and yeah, it is just it's oh, just Anastasia. Andrew I think. Barr and ACT. He's still there. Yeah, but it's the ACT. <laughs> not a still state. Counts. Not a state. Well, we're not talking about the referendum. We're talking about not this. a state. So <laughs> it's like calling Tassie part of Australia. It really doesn't count. <laughs> Speak for yourself. We love you, Tasmanians. We love we love our Tassie us, our Tassie fans. All four people in Tassie, I think, Actually, at least one fact, of them listens to us. Anastasia, Andrew Barr, and Dan Andrews have all served for eight years and two hundred and something days. The next oh. longest serving is Peter Malinowskis, the SA one, who's been for one year. So wow, um, okay. no one's been in very long. Jesus. So I think all of the um. I guess we've seen all of the COVID-era premiers kind of just drop off slowly, well, which is interesting. because COVID would have been exhausting. So, I mean, it's kind of amazing that Dan Andrews survived this long. Absolutely. If it were me, I would have dropped out as soon as COVID was, like, <laughs> sort of over. I would have dropped out as soon as it started. As soon as it Again, started. Again, we're bums. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, so do you think it might have been, like, do you think he wanted to drop out sooner, but it was kind of, like, maybe a bit of a sign of weakness? I think so. I think he didn't want the opposition to get a political win because, mm. you know, he is, um, as much as he is unpopular in a lot of areas of Victoria, he's a shrewd political operator. He knows exactly what's going on and he knows what he wants. He's across it. Yeah. So, I mean, he said the only way he knows how to do the job is to have it consume me and to have it define me. He was first elected to Mulgrave in 2002, which is cooked. Like, that's a long time. He's been there for, so what's that, 11 years around about? 20. 20. 20 I can't math. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is, ah, my brain's fried. Anyway. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. So he resigns effective 5 p.m. tomorrow. Yes. I feel like it's a missed opportunity to resign at 11.59pm I know <laughs> tomorrow. He there did start of... his presser with, we ready to go, guys, but he yeah. wasn't sporting the North Face jacket. Oh, it's a big shame, wasn't it, really? That's, that's just a missed opportunity. He could have had, like, a purple backdrop. Really disappointing, honestly. Yeah. He should have just, like, gone all in for probably what his <laughs> most famous role is. Oh, without a doubt. Exactly. I mean, he did... I don't have the quote here exactly, but he did say that... He was kind of waiting to get this housing policy out that he got out last week, mm-hmm. and then he 
said that when he was doing that, he was sort of thinking, oh, this might be my last major policy. So it, it has been a bit of a time. It has been coming for a little bit, at yeah. least for him, in his mind. I think so. I mean, it seems un- implausible that it wasn't. Yeah, well, he decided to step away after talking to his wife and kids, mm. um, which is... The, little, the little, infamous family reasons. The, the infl- infamous family reasons. I think this is a bit better than how ScoMo would use his family reasons. Oh, but, God, um, don't go there. We're not going there. But um, so, successes. We don't know. Cue the succession theme song. I know. Well, hey, (laughs) don't be premature because we've got more coming up. We should have it on the soundboard. Well, I can... Anyway. Cue it up. Anyway. He won't be endorsing any candidates, but there's a caucus meeting tomorrow at midday where Mm. they'll name a successor. Um, Deputy Premier Jacinta Allen, who's obviously been quite a big face in the last few months. She's clearly been being prepped for his resignation which does, again, hint that it's been a long time coming. I think she is the most obvious successor. Definitely. She's the most public-facing one in the last probably year. Mm. And then, I mean, I don't even know how many ministers, if any others, I could name in his cabinet, apart from Ben Carroll, because I can see his name there. Because his name is in our notes. Public Transport Minister Ben Carroll, which, like, I don't know a whole lot about Ben Carroll, but it seems like a random choice. Well, he has been in the media a bit. He's the member for Nidri, which is in the West. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you want the West to have a good voice in Cabinet. I think they do kind of need a bit of a strong voice in Cabinet at the moment. They've been mm. shafted a lot recently. A lot. He's the Minister for Employment as well and Industry. How ironic that the Public Transport Minister is from the West. I know, right? That's a bit of a yikes. I actually had not thought of that, but that is yeah. so <laughs> true. <laughs> But um, I think what's quite interesting is um, ABC did point this out in their reporting that Jacinta Allen is part of the Labor sort of socialist left faction. Ben mm. Carroll is part of the Labor right faction. Well, I think that's quite... I feel like it's kind of normal-ish or expected at least to have one from the left and one for the right as yeah. the deputy and the premier. Because da- Andrews is left, right? I believe. I I, so. I, 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 just, I I don't know for certain, but I'd, I'd assume so. I'm pr- yeah, he is the socialist left. That doesn't... Yeah, I, I'd assume that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically we have a premier and a deputy who are both on the socialist left. Mm. Do we think maybe the There's right faction might imbalance. get... Do you reckon the right faction might get their time? Oh, I think it's entirely possible. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think about these factions in the Labour Party because it's like, what does it actually... What purpose does it really serve to be defining yourselves when within the party. It's a party within a party almost because the liberals exactly. have the same thing where they have like the the conservative liberals and the I more feel like sort it's of not progressive as liberals. Much of a clear definition in the liberals because I feel like the Labor Party it's when you talk about someone specifically I feel like they're like I'm in the left faction, I'm in the right faction whereas in the liberals I feel like people more assign it to the person. Like, I could look at you and go, oh, right, Freddie okay. said this and this and this, so I think, you know, I'm going to call him a conservative liberal or I'm going to call him a small L liberal. Okay, no, that, make, that makes sense. But I feel like it's more like me saying, I'm in Labour, I came up through this pathway, I'm a p- member of the socialist left. You're assigning yourself to a specific faction yeah, in exactly. Labour, but in Liberal it's assigned for you. Exactly. Interesting. Okay, I've never thought of it like that. That's quite interesting, because I think sort of the different factions have been more apparent in the Liberal Party recently than they have in Labour. I think so, yeah. 
during the um, branch stacking scandals, I feel like the factions were kind of a lot more important and talked about for a while, mm. whereas I feel like that hasn't been the case lately. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Obviously, with the whole rise of the far right, people have got the Liberal factions more on their minds. Yeah, absolutely. I think much more front of mind. And I guess the Liberal Party has been a bit more divided recently, which has sort of had those factions kind of rise up a bit more to prominence. Yeah. We're getting a bit off topic anyway. We are a bit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yay, politics. Um, <laughs> so the reactions to his resignation. Very, very mixed. Very mixed. Because, of course, I think Dan Andrews is a very controversial figure. Absolutely. After COVID, he's just become a lightning rod. Well, not after COVID, but during COVID, he just became a lightning rod. And the way that you had a perspective on Dan is says pretty much everything about what you believe politically. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, there were the I stand with Dan people or I actually can't even remember what the other slogan was. Push him down the stairs again, Dan. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa. No I'm sure that... Violence, oh, please. no, I've heard, I've heard people say that. Oh, would, yeah. I've, I've heard people... I've heard people say worse than that. Yeah, but. no, it's... It, it, but you get the point. You get yeah, the point. Yeah, like people are not fans. But yeah, so there's been some people that are sad and say that he's had a tough job and deserves a break and they're sad he's going, but they can understand it. But then there's all the people that are very happy that he's going. Yeah. Very happy. Because he was such a, I don't even know, like he wasn't just a figurehead. He was the government in COVID. He was, there was no one else. So I think it's going to be difficult for the Labour Party to kind of find themselves. I mean, not in a, like, wellness, oh, my God, I'm going on a trip to Bali to find myself <laughs> way, but in the, the like... The caucus meeting happens in Bali. What all do doing, I represent like, as a party? Because my party became Dan Andrews for so long. Exactly. I feel like once you've sort of been the Premier for so long, it becomes really hard to replace to yeah. replace that because you're basically almost reinventing the party in the public eye. Exactly. So it'll be really interesting. So the public's response to this has been very mixed, but in terms of the more political figure stance, we've had some interesting we've had some interesting comments. Albo has said that Andrews is a man of great conviction, enormous passion, and a fierce determination to make a difference. I don't know why that quote's like that. It doesn't make grammatical sense. But, um, but yes, yeah, so Albo's come out in support of Dan. Uh, the leader of the Victorian Greens, Samantha Ratnam, also thanked Dan Andrews for his service on an X post. But... John Pesuto. Wow, wow. We need one of those soundboard things. We do. He kind of came out a bit scathing against... Big time. ...against Dan. He went really hard on him, which is quite interesting. So, John Pesuto said... We've got some quotes here. Quote, I do take this opportunity to wish Mr Andrews well with his family and all that he does in the future. But... Then Mr. Pesuto also continued on, quote, the legacy that Dan Andrews leaves, uh, <laughs> the, the legacy that Dan Andrews leaves is a state that is broken. Victoria is broken. We know it. We see the evidence of it every day. He then went on to cite the state debt and the co- cancellation of the Commonwealth Games as key reasons why Dan, quote, doesn't have a legacy to be proud of. I mean, it's interesting. It's fascinating, right? Because the Com Games cancellation... That was pretty huge. 
huge, but also not like COVID. <laughs> COVID was games. the big one. Like, I just feel like John Pesuto is really, 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 really latching onto this, and I can't quite work out why. Recency bias, I guess. I guess, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I kind of think, of course, Dan Andrews is going to feel a little bit stupid having seen the success of the World Cup um, because that was astronomically huge and much bigger than anyone expected it to be. But, like, the Com Games, if it was so unviable, then I don't think that anyone in the Premier's team is going to be giving that a second thought. Um, whereas the state debt is completely different situation. It's huge. Victoria's finances are not good. Not good. It's really bad. <laughs> it is really, really bad. And it's just like that absolutely valid as an opposition leader. That is your job to talk about things like that. The Com Games... I think we've been there and done that now. I think the state state is a little bit over the com games. But then again, I feel like, are we over COVID? Well, I don't know. Is that the one to hit him on now? Because I feel like we've kind of had the COVID discussions over and over. I don't think there's any leverage that the Liberals have to hit him on COVID. Mm. But then again, now that there's this inquiry into COVID that just got announced last week, yes, it's possible that some, you know, actually now that I hadn't thought about this until I just said that, but maybe <laughs> he's a bit worried about what's going to come out. And so that's also contributing to the timing of his resignation. Well, I think what is actually interesting about that inquiry is it's leaving out state responses. Oh, is it? They're not, I don't know if they've changed that, but that was a really big controversy. Right. It, they're leaving out state responses in that inquiry. Oh, that's fascinating. Which is very interesting because, of course, a lot of the premiers at the time were Labor premiers. Mm. So a lot of people saw that as Albo trying to protect his own. Interesting. Well, I don't know if that's true, actually, because New South Wales was Liberal. S- South Australia was Liberal. So it was... I mean, it still is the majority Labor. Mm. But, you know, it's... More, more to protect than, than more to attack, though, mm, I think, which yeah, is true. interesting. But, yeah, Dan Andrews out. What do you think about it? Hit us up on X and let us yeah, know. Yeah, let us know. Instagram X represent. threads. Um, exactly. I posted on X today, but not hey, on the other two, but I'll well, get there. I can't believe we're actually saying X. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> It's still Twitter.com. It's Twitter.com. But, yeah, anyway. what, what do you think? Let us know. We want to hear your thoughts. You know what, Please tweet us. You know what else I want to hear, Bridie? A song? I'd love to hear a song. Oh, well, you're in luck. This is Orlando by Leith Ross, if I can move the mouse. Orlando, one of my favourite places in the world. Orlando, Florida? Yeah. Yeehaw. No, I've actually never been there. You've been to the States? I have actually, yes. Oh, jeez. Okay, we're talking about this during Orlando. You're listening to Represent. (laughs) We've got heaps more coming up. It's a packed show, so stay tuned. That was Orlando by Leith Ross. Oh, that takes me back. Oh, yeah, I just, I can smell the I can, Disney. The, I can sm- I can smell the, the swamps in yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah, the crocodile, uh, alligators. Not that I have not ever been there. I've never been to the US. <laughs> Represent goes to America. <laughs> Represent goes to Orlando. That would, we're just going to Disneyland. But well, you know you know who's got some time to go to Disneyland now? <laughs> well, he doesn't yet. Well, he kind of does. He's standing aside. Um, is, anyway, it, is it Michael Peluso, it, the boss Pizzolo. of... Uh, 
Oh, sorry. Pizzolo. Yes, it is Michael Pizzolo, the head of the Home Affairs Department, because he's standing aside pending an expedited investigation after a series of leaked texts reveals he was in contact with a key Liberal member. So, this is interesting, right? It's a Liberal power broker. Yes. But what does a Liberal power broker actually do? So, I did did actually look into this because I was like, that's not a job title. Exactly. (laughs) How cool is that job title, though, if That's it was like a one? a sick job title. So, basically, it was between Pizzullo and Scott Briggs, who was called a liberal power broker. A power broker okay. basically means that he has sort of held a lot of influential positions within the Liberal Party. So, like, is he's not a member, obviously, but has he worked in government, or is he, like, a consultant? Scott Briggs? Yeah. Um, he's a consultant, right, a so long-time he's just consultant. Got strong connections. He's got very strong connections and is seen as like a very influential figure for the party. Got it. So that's basically what a power broker is. A power broker isn't like a job title or a position or a Damn. seat you can hold. I'd say we're power brokers in yeah. the land of media, the land but of community broadcasting of com- in Melbourne. Exactly, you and want Geelong. To talk to someone? Don't forget Geelong. Sorry, how could I? You want to talk to someone? You call us. Yeah, since taking sponsorships, by the way. Um, Hit up the Sin website. We kind of need it. But um, (laughs) don't know if you try to listen to Sin on the weekend, but I hope you liked, like, the three songs they were playing. Yeah. Anyway, the Channel 9-owned newspapers and the Channel 9 TV program 60 Minutes leaked the series of texts in which the Home Affairs Secretary disparaged senior coalition members and advocated for a right-wing a right-wing individual to be a minister responsible for his department. Yesterday, it was revealed that Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill asked Pizzullo to step aside while the investigation took place. And the investigation will be done independently by an Australian Public Service Commissioner, Linnell Briggs, who does not have a relation to Scott Briggs. (laughs) That's one hell of a coincidence, actually. That's, like, really bad, but... um. I mean, it's fine, it, but, It's like, fine, it's but still, like, wow. that's... Bu- I chances? read that, and I was like, that's bizarre. Yeah. Um, so, according to the report put together by Channel 9, on the 21st of August 2018, which is the week that Peter Dutton challenged Malcolm Turnbull, which is what resulted in Scott Morrison becoming a Liberal... the Liberal leader... Pizzullo text Scott Briggs about who would serve as the Home Affairs Minister. Pizzullo text, quote, You need a right winger in there. People smugglers will be watching. Please feed that in, as in feed that to Turnbull or Morrison mm. or whoever became the the person, in, the winner of the challenge. Interesting. I, I can't find words. Um, when told by Scott Briggs that Morrison was the front runner for the position, Pizzullo reportedly, allegedly replied, quote, Ready to serve. Same goes for Dutton, too, of course. I don't wish to interfere, but you won't be surprised to hear that in the event of Scott Morrison getting up, that I would like to see Peter Dutton come back to home affairs. So he was kind of texting this very influential figure and sort of swaying politics a little bit because, of course, he's the head of the home affairs department. He should not have a say over who is the minister of the department that he runs. No, because the head of the department is, like in principle, completely independent from the minister, right? Exactly. It needs to be sort of completely separate. It needs to be impartial. And it's not something that the head of a department should be able to sway. There are massive ethical issues with that. Because, Mm. of course, then you could just implement a yes man that'll do whatever you want and give you as much money as you want and give you as much oversight as you want. Like, of course, there's a massive issue with that. 
So that's the issue that Pizzolo has found himself in. Hashtag corruption. I've started using hashtags in our tweets, so um, go and check those out. (laughs) Um, There were also some other texts that Pizzolo sent in December 2017, the day before the Benelong by-election. Pizzolo reportedly describes the ALP's Christina Kennelly... Uh, who would later serve as the Shadow Home Affairs Minister, he described her as, quote, looking quite unhinged. Right. Which isn't nice. No, it's not very nice. It's not nice. would he say that about a man? That's actually a good question. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not, though. But it's a bit interesting. It's interesting. Mm. But, um, so, of course, I think this is a bit rich. Mm. The opposition leader (laughs) and former Home Affairs Minister, Peter Dutton, Ban himself has come out and defended Michael well, Pizzolo because he he's saying good things about him. Exactly <laughs> like... because this is just oh, a bit rich. Funny. Dutton said that Pizzolo has quote conducted himself in a thoroughly professional way in my dealings with him. I mean, the thing is, like sending texts saying what you want to happen is not unprofessional. Like, he's not saying he acted in a completely ethical way or a completely, what's the word for, uh, integri- in integrity? Maybe on un- it, un- just unethical way. Like, you know, he's not saying he's got very good integrity. He's got a lack of he's integrity. He's just saying he's professional. Yeah, it's, um, look, I do think it's Live very rich. professionalism. <laughs> it's a bit rich. The Dutton is coming out and defending this dude. I think I think that is really, really rich of him. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you see in these texts where this dude is, like, advocating for Dutton almost. He's like, I want Dutton back in home affairs. Yada, yada, yada. And then we have Dutton who just comes and goes, like, guys, he's fine. He's chilling. He's a good dude. And it's like, that's just a bit rich. Yeah. Um, the Greens immigration spokesman, Nick McKim, has had a very opposite stance to um, Dutton. Possibly unsurprisingly. Very unsurprisingly. <laughs> he said that Pizzolo's position was untenable due to his alleged, quote, brazen attempts to manipulate the political process and his failure to respect boundaries between politics and public service. If Mr. Pizzolo is not already working on his resignation, then the Prime Minister should demand it or sack him. Scathing. Very much so. The Prime Minister hasn't really said anything for or against any of this. He's just saying that, well, there's an investigation. We've made it happen. I'm not commenting on the investigation. Exactly. He's kind of letting everyone else do the talking. I think Claire O'Neill has also been quite silent on it, other than asking him to step aside, which I think does speak quite loudly in the confidence, I believe, maybe. Do you think, though? Because I feel like that's just... I mean, imagine if you didn't... That would be like, um, what's her name in the robo-debt? What's her name? Catherine, maybe? Robo-debt? I I can't... The name is not coming to me. Catherine Campbell. Robo-debt was just so huge. I can't remember. Yeah, but she wouldn't step aside. Even though she wasn't in the position anymore, she wouldn't step aside from that position. So, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to have that as a bad look again. That's true. Like, I mean, maybe I'm being overly cynical. No, I think you're probably right there. I think you're probably right. But also, if you were confident in your head of your department, would you ask them to step aside? That's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, And then again, looking from the optimistic side, (laughs) if you were confident in them, then you'd say, hey, can you stand aside for a few days while we investigate? And then you're back. Yeah, exactly. Do, do the right thing. Do, do the right thing. Let's let's let this let's let's clear your name oh. and bring you back 
Yeah. Dictator oh. Dan. Di- that <laughs> what? Was, that was the I Stand With Dan and Dictator oh, Dan. That was the other one. Okay, yeah. That's true. Sorry. No. Side note, unrelated. Back to Definitely not Mike what P- I said. P- Pizzullo. Um so yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a quick one there, but I think it's been it's interesting because of course you can't blur the lines between public service jobs essentially. No. And politics not. where the politics side directly influences your job. Yeah. That's not okay. It's not. So it's completely unethical and um there's a lack of integrity. There's a lack of integrity. So do we have any clue on where this would any thoughts on where this will go because I would not be surprised if we kind of because the investigation was quite comprehensive the evidence they have is quite scathing if it is proven to be true yeah look honestly I've got no idea what's going to end up happening but I don't think that Mike P- Pizzullo is going to get his job back yeah it's Even not looking if good he's found innocent I feel like your name has been tarnished to this degree you're probably not going to have a huge amount of power in your job in which you need power absolutely now i feel like it is quite interesting to note that this story was broken by channel nine owned papers who who was a competitor with news corp wasn't there a pretty big story about news corp Oh, recently oh god i had not I, I was like trying to read through your notes going is news corp somehow involved in this it, it, it was it was a pretty clumsy segue <laughs> but that but there was but there a was a pretty... huge story about news corp i was so excited when i saw this on friday morning because i was like oh my god this is such great news for the show hey walter marsh if you're listening do you mind popping back into the Will studio you please call me right now yeah you want to pop back in because bridey Rupert Murdoch has what? stepped down. Cue the succession theme. We gotta get like the whole. Can I? Oh, can I? I was gonna say, can I just play it and hold it up to the mic? But um, um talk cue, for a minute. Please. Yeah. So <laughs> succession in real life has happened. Rupert Murdoch is stepping down from News Corp and Fox Corp. Uh, in two months, which is very very exciting news it's huge and i believe <laughs> that means bridey let's flick the edit pc on the All switchboard right, we'll be back in one moment <laughs> Fancy that. Real life succession. I feel like we're in, you know, like I'm sitting in a big mahogany boardroom being like, no, and I have a 40% stake in this, so (laughs) I think that la la la. Well, Lachlan Murdoch will become the sole chair of News Corp and Fox Corp, um, as well as his... Oh, he already is the CEO of Fox Corp. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting um, that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I thought I thought Rupert was the CEO of both, but never mind. Rupert he, Lachlan will become the sole chair of News Corp as well as his executive his existing positions, the executive chair and CEO of Fox Corp, which includes Fox News. And Rupert will still be chairman emeritus of both companies, so he is not really going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, and I've read a lot of analysis where it's like you know Lachlan's kind of being installed. Is a little bit of a puppet, really. Rupert's mm. still going to be calling the shots, Definitely. and this move is really just to stop a real life succession from happening. Because if you've seen yeah. the show, where I was going to spoil the show, but when How dare you? when something happens, there is a bit of a battle, but for who for who controls the company? That is the whole point of the show, really. It's called Succession. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
So I read yeah. an interesting article about the sort of family dynamics. It was on the ABC. It's it really quick. messy. It's crazy. He never saw his eldest daughter Prudence as a viable option for inheriting the company. Is Prudence Although, not the stepdaughter? No, Wendy's the stepdaughter. Wendy's. You, isn't, uh, are you talking about Wendy Dang? No. Which is his ex-wife. No, maybe there's I've another, the wrong name. There's but another... Is there another Elizabeth. Wendy? Sorry, it's Elizabeth, not El- Wendy. Yeah, um, yeah. Elizabeth. There's the four kids, right? James, Rupert, uh, James Lachlan, <laughs> Prudence and Elizabeth. He never saw Prudence as a viable option, but he did see Elizabeth as one. But Prudence, uh, Prudence struck out from the family company and so did... Well, not Wendy. So did Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Which meant that basically the power struggle was left between James and Lachlan. They were both really heavily involved until James left Fox Corp, uh, News Corp, sorry, in 2020, citing editorial disagreements with the board. Specifically about climate change. Yeah, which, which is, is interesting. Very, very interesting. At 22, so going back into Lachlan's life, he was sent to Australia after growing up in New York, you know, going to Princeton and etc. to run several mastheads, including the Courier Mail, which is Brisbane's only daily newspaper. Running that at 22. I thought that was crazy. Um, he then Jeez. quit... News Corp completely, the family company, in 2005. Um, he apparently secretly believed that his father was proud of him for kind of setting out on his own, um, which is a bit funny. But mm. he splashed some cash on a cricket team and some other things. He actually tried to go into an investment with James Packer, one of News Corp's biggest um, competitors, but that failed. He then proceeded to buy the company that would then become Nova Entertainment. Nova 100. Correct, which has become one of the biggest, uh, one of his best investments to date. Arguably my least favourite radio station. Whoa, big call. I'm just saying, guys, update the playlist. It's been, like, your playlist is stuck in 2015. Please change it. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, But then... Jay, uh, sorry, Lachlan. Oh my God, I'm just getting all my names mixed up. There now. are a lot of there them. There are so many stupid families. <laughs> um, he teamed up with James Packer again when he joined the Network 10 board, but he was seen as a bit of a sort of out a figure on the outs because it was kind of like, why hasn't he clarified his position within the family company? He basically hadn't spoken about it since he left in 2005. Um, but then Channel 10's share, pl- share price really plummeted. And the blame kind of ended up at Lachlan Murdoch's feet. So he kind of left with his tail between his legs and went back to Rupert Murdoch. I think it is quite interesting, the whole Network 10 debacle as well, mm. because he did try and buy Network 10. Yeah, I don't know much res- about this. It went into uh, receivership in 2017. Right. Um, and he tried to buy it with Bruce Gordon, who's like a media mogul mm. in Australia. He owns Another one. Win Network which right. is the Channel 9 affiliate in regional Australia. Yep. Um, but they failed and CBS ended up buying it. CBS is now Paramount. Um, yep. Funny thing is Bruce Gordon is like, his whole business is based in Australia, but he goes to Bermuda for most of the year to avoid taxes. I respect that so much. Which is allegedly no, to avoid taxes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so he kind of failed at that. And yeah, he ran back to his father. Yeah. And so during this basically decade that Lachlan had been gone, James had been positioning himself to be next in line but he was furious when Lachlan came back I mean understandably Mm. um, which was added to by the fact that Lachlan was the one that told him that he was back it didn't come through Rupert Murdoch it went straight from the horse's mouth (laughs) Um, James was the quote is James was livid 
Their two brothers and their father had explicitly discussed succession not even two years earlier. James was supposed to take over and Lachlan would never assume more than a symbolic role. As James saw it, he had not only been promised the job, he had, he had earned it. So that's from Jonathan Marler and Jim Rutenberg for the New York Times magazine in 2019. Well, I'm going to say real Kendall vibes from James. <laughs> Kendall is... The oldest one, right? I am the eldest boy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I've seen that bit. Um, Lachlan then took over as Fox Corp CEO um, and James walked away with $2 billion and has increasingly tried to distance himself from the client climate denial. Oh, my God, I can't speak. Climate denialism and the election conspiracies that have become so controversial in recent years. Which Fox lost a lot of money over. Well, exactly. So, you know, then obviously the question turns to why did Rupert Murdoch resign now? Um, there are a lot of reasons why, I so think. So many. So, obviously, in April, we had the Dominion versus Fox lawsuit with a settlement of $787.5 billion. Is that the biggest defamation lawsuit? It's I a settlement. Thinks so. But I feel like it has to be. Dominion, Fox lawsuit settlement record of course they also got into a lawsuit um, with crikey well lachlan murdoch got into a lawsuit with crikey and that didn't end well for him either. largest publicly known defamation settlement in u.s history according to cnn we couldn't get longest running premier but we can get that <laughs> <laughs> we got one we got one, one out of two 50 percent success yeah rates, which um, is not what you want for a news show but okay yeah so crikey i mm. was calling lachlan murdoch an unindicted co-conspirator or something i think yeah, I think they said it. some things. Yeah, and so he sued them, but then has ended up dropping that lawsuit. But of course, mm. we've also got Trump's indictments, and Murdoch was a huge proponent of Trump. If you weren't around for those four years, or, I think well, it is very like five, really. interesting how that all does work. So interesting because there was a lot. There were a lot of players in that, and this was when Roger Ailes was still running Fox News. And I think what I've read is that he was the biggest proponent. Which is so interesting as well, because when you think about Rupert Murdoch, if you've read Walter Marsh's book, mm. which I actually have, sorry, my <laughs> mum's reading it, but I'll get it to you very soon. Um, <laughs> I've read it. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, he was a radical left wing as a teenager and a uni student. He was known as Comrade Murdoch. One of the craziest things I took away from that book. We asked Walter Marsh we about did. that in the interview and it was crazy. Go back and listen to it if you want to know what he said. It's a great interview. It is but, really um, good. Um, but yeah, Walter, so come back. Crazy stuff. I might email him. Um, but yeah, huge stuff. And I guess like another thing that I read is, of course, look, Rupert's old. He, he, he 92 or oh, 4? Good question. Oh God, we're terrible. Um, no, but that's I what got so Google's confused for. because he, like, 92. Something happened when he was 92 or something happened he when he was 92. 90. He is 92. He is 92. But, so he wants to solidify the line of succession now, and that means installing Lachlan in it now. And I think Lachlan was the obvious choice. It was. Especially James in recent years. Yeah, exactly. And then I think what was the biggest giveaway was earlier this year, of course, News Corp and Fox Corp are two different companies. News Corp is the papers, Fox Corp is the television and Fox News and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, and Fox Corp was what was left when 20th Century Fox was sold to Disney. Um, that was like a Wasn't huge thing. Was that a merger? It was... Merger? I, I don't think it was a merger because it all Freddy's ended up... doing air quotes. <laughs> it all ended up in Disney. It all right, ended up okay. in Disney. But basically Fox Corp was what Disney 
could not slash did not want to buy. Mm. Um, and they tried to merge those two companies uh, earlier this year, and Lachlan was at the forefront of yes. that. It, I did read this, actually. It yeah. didn't happen. It sort of fell apart. Yeah. I don't think they're reattempting it. But it was quite interesting because Lachlan was very much the face of that, almost. Mm. Rupert wanted it, but Lachlan was the face of it. It fell apart, but I feel like that was a very obvious indicator that Lachlan will be the future. Well, it's interesting because when Murdoch actually dies, the four siblings will inherit equal voting rights in the family trust. So no matter what happens, if anyone wants to change anything, they'll need to form alliances to make it happen. Can we get that succession theme back on? Right? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, he's sort of set it up so that nothing's really certain because it's not like Lachlan has 70% of the shares and the others all have 10%. Like, that's not what's happening. They're all equal. It's all equal. So, yeah, it's interesting. Will um, Lachlan go into it entitled and be like, I run the company? Or this will James try and get Elizabeth and Prudence, Prudence's support and um, try and overthrow him? Or have a coup. Exactly. That'll be interesting. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> this sounds so bad for me to say, but I'm so excited. It's so, like, gossipy. I mean, it's, it's gonna but be I'm so involved. <laughs> it's going to be really exciting when that happens. It is. I can't wait. So, that sounds really bad, but <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah, so Rupert Murdoch did send out a big memo that was circulated worldwide to his staff and then obviously to the media as well. Mm -hmm. He said, In my new role, I can guarantee you that I will be involved every day in the contest of ideas. Our companies are communities and I will be an active member of our community. Excuse me. Are we watching our broadcasts with a critical eye, reading our newspapers and websites and books with much interest? Um, Self-serving. And then he went on to say this crazy stuff. So that's all sort of what you were saying earlier, that yeah. he's still very much there. He's going to be doing it through Lachlan. There was something about how he'll be in the office at late on Friday afternoons. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Um, okay. This crazy part of the quote was, mm. self-serving bureaucracies are seeking to silence those who would question their provenance and purpose. Elites have open contempt for those who are not members of their rarefied class. Most of the media is in cahoots with those elites, peddling political narratives rather than pursuing the truth. What is he saying? What? I hadn't. I mean, that, I hadn't read this. Oh what? no! This reads like dog whistles, kind of. This is giving sort of topical. This is giving Russell Brand's YouTube channel vibes. Oh my god, don't say that. It's... It... What? Right? Like, it's so weird. Like... What a bizarre... Clearly, he's talking about, you know, they're not being trusted in the media, but it's like... I, I just don't understand this part of this memo. What? Okay. Interesting. That is... I, I didn't... After you sort of lost a huge defamation lawsuit, mm -hmm. I wouldn't go around peddling this. No. <laughs> but, um, okay, Rupert. He's gone out with a bang. Yeah. Like, obviously, the I, first part of governments trying to silence media, it's like, sure, that totally checks out. Yeah. But then this second part, elites are, have open contempt for those who are not members of their rarefied class. What so, a like, bizarrely cryptic... From a very cryptic, yeah, and very, very what rich. What does he very... think is a elite if it's not him? <laughs> yeah, just everything above him, which there isn't a lot. There's not much. He is an elite. <laughs> so, what do you think is next for him? 
for for Rupert, yeah, for I think Rupert. he's going to be controlling Fox and News until until he goes. Interesting. I, he he will he will die running it from behind the scenes. Do you think it will be a viable company without him at the helm, or will it? Because I mean, there was questions about that when he took over in the fifties, I think, from Keith Murdoch. I think like, it's really going to depend on how the siblings get along it because ends I think up being catfighting succession style. Because if there is that power struggle, then of course nothing's going to get done. Yeah. It's just going to fall apart. I think it's going to take a lot to really destroy the company like that. Yes. I think it is a viable company without Rupert, but of course that really depends heavily on how his kids carry it on. Mm, what do you, What do you think? I think it is, but it will take very careful management. From yeah. Lachlan in particular, obviously being the one who's ended up there. But I mean, I'm the oldest boy. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like you're kind of focused on that. I, I'm sorry, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I think it's going to be tricky to kind of for them to balance that with their own personal agendas. Which they all do have a very. There's sort of two factions of the Murdoch family at this point. There's Lachlan. And there's kind of everyone else yeah, at the moment. I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah it's Lachlan and there's everyone. Well, it's Lachlan and Rupert, and it's everyone yes. else. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But that is for another week because it we is. got to get out of here. We do. Um, we've had a great time. I love this show. There's so much we could keep talking about for the rest of time. Um, but we won't. We'll leave you to it because <laughs> you've got to listen to the rest of our interviews that we've done in the past. Yeah, binge listen. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's great. They're yeah. so good, we promise. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, they're all there, including this episode very soon. Very soon. Catch um, up on your favourites. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear about all our weekends for, like, the last three months. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, follow us, tweet us, tell us what you think. Will Rupert Murdoch do anything? Will What's going to happen? Fill in the blank. What's you the tell next, us. What is Succession Season 5 going to be? Exactly. <laughs> Let us know. Can we make a live action? Who will Freddie play in the live action Succession? <laughs> you actually see Succession isn't animated. You know that. No, the live action Murdoch <laughs> Succession. I will be playing the eldest boy. <laughs> <laughs> Naya will be Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> and I will be the outcast Prudence Murdoch. Oh, that'll be great. I All think right. Maya would make an amazing Rupert. She'd be so I agree. Good. I, think I want to say, who are you going to play, Bridie? You have to pick one person. Well, I think I'd be James. You'd be James? James or... Yeah, I think James is a fun... Way I feel like there's fighting. a lot I could dig into in his personality. There's a lot of motivation in his <laughs> yeah, character. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, before we go actually insane... Remember to stay political. You are on Sin. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show.